This is your go-to podcast for the breaking news across the NFL. While breaking down how this might affect your fantasy team's success. Are you ready to be a champ? Then welcome to Fields of Fantasy. And welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast. Guess who's back? Back again. Pestle's back. Tell your friends, Tom. Are you glad to have me back? Delighted. Excellent. You don't sound very delighted. It's almost like uh, nobody wants to see Pestle anymore. Yeah, they we want, missed you. They want Selvi. I'm chopped liver. Is that enough Eminem references to open the podcast? Yee, showing your age. Excellent. No, I'm not. It's classic, <laughs> classic hip-hop. Um, anyway, we are here not to discuss the golden age of the rap music scene. We are here to continue our deep dive of fancy football relevant teams. And it's an exciting one today. We are concluding the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings, one of the most fancy relevant teams, probably when you especially look at the wide receiver core alone, I mean, the most relevant fancy player in the whole of the NFL, but lots of good value to be taken across the team as well. Should we get stuck straight in though? Yeah, depressingly, yes. Let's look at the Vikings. <laughs> yep. So the team, the powerhouse are going to overturn the Green Bay Packers once more this year, and that will be with the, the signal call at the back. The star of Netflix's quarterback, the most exciting man in the whole of the sporting world, Mr. Kirk Cousins with an ADP of QB 13, around round 9 to 10, where I always say is the sweet spot for drafting quarterbacks, in my opinion. I reckon he's probably a little bit higher than that. I reckon quarterback 10 to 12, but not being drafted wildly out of where you'd expect him to finish. Last year, it was QB7, and he had 10 QB1 games, but also had four outside the top 20. So that's not too much of a disparity, but it's a still, when it comes to winning weeks, could be a concern. He has been a QB1 in six of the last eight seasons, but he has never been drafted in the top 12 in any fantasy draft during that time. In 2022, he averaged 18.3 points per game, and in 2021, averaged 17.8 points per game. So his Justin Jefferson years are productive years for him when it comes to fantasy football points. The key thing, though, for me with Minnesota Vikings and a metric I've quite enjoyed looking at with some of these deep dives is his fourth in career consistency amongst all active quarterbacks. He's got a solid receiving group at his disposal. Obviously, we'll get into that in a bit more detail shortly. And I think it's a fantastic option to pair with another quarterback if you draft your quarterback late. So I think if you're going to be drafting one of the top six to eight in redraft, don't draft a backup quarterback. Wait until picking someone on as a streamer on waivers. If you have an injury, deal with it when you've got the injury. However, if you wait until around this point, then that's an argument you could make to take Kirk Cousins plus another for choosing who's going to be the most fancy relevant player each week. Where are you on Mr. Cousins? Yeah, I think he's the start of the run of the good later QBs, isn't he, really? Going around 108. You know, I take him over Rogers. You've got Geno Smith and Danny Dimes coming not too far after. Um, so they're the kind of players you want to be taking at this point. As you say, the QB sweet spot. He is Mr. Reliable, you know. And I think you see from the Netflix series how often he's willing to play hurt and things like that, yeah. which is always going to be a bonus. Um, yeah, I think he's a good pickup, um, but I wouldn't be reaching too much for him. No, I don't think you need to either, because I think if you do, if you're taking a quarterback around that nine to ten, the start of my plan in there is going to be Danny Dimes, and if I miss out on Danny Dimes, I'll probably then fall back onto Kirk Cousins. After Kirk Cousins, that's where I'm start. If I've not taken a QB one, I'm starting to worry after Cousins is off the board. To be honest, that I've blown my draft strategy. 
So yeah, he's, he's in that sweet spot of yeah, course. Those two for you, really, though, Dimes or Cousins. That's where, I, that's yeah, where yeah. I'm probably going. I don't know, I've not looked at my shares. I would imagine if I've not gone for an early quarterback, them are two prime targets. The reason he's so reliable is because of that wide receiving core. And the wide receiving core starts with Mr. Fancy Football, Justin Jefferson. The ADP of wide receiver one and the number one overall is where he's going most commonly. I reckon... It's a hot take for the TH boys to say he might be number one overall this year again. I think that's probably quite a consensus take, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. However, I think your latest you're going to get, Justin Jefferson, is 103. I wouldn't object to anyone taking either CMC, Jefferson or Chase if you've got the number one. I've only had the one in two places and I've taken CMC in one and the other was Superflex, so I took Lamar Jackson, baby. But Justin Jefferson... You're happy to have some shares off him if you can. Last year, I mean, let's just go through the uh, the highlight reel. Were his stats most receiving yards one thousand eight hundred nine? Will he break two thousand this year? Him and Chase, surely they're going to have a bit of a rivalry between them. Wanting that most yards per game one hundred six point four. Eight touchdowns, joint eleventh in the league. Ten to twelve, probably in twenty twenty three is what he'll be wanting to get. Eight weeks as a top three wide receiver, three wide receiver, one weeks within that as well, where he was the out-and-out out wide receiver one, and he averaged 14.2 points per game, which was top of all wide receivers as well. Injury dependent, he looks solid for 10-plus targets every single week, you would expect. He's one of one every time in Dynasty as well, I think, unless you're in a super flex league. He hasn't seen one of three in any of my drafts so far. I don't think he will. Do we need to say any more about... <laughs> The, the clearly the golden boy fancy football. No, you said it all. There's nothing to add. You know, 101 to 103 is top, top, top pick. You know, just let's move on and not waste time, really. <laughs> so Adam Thielen <laughs> is gone and coming through the door is Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison was someone I was very, very high on pre-draft. He made one comment during the draft that put me right off him. And that's when asked about how he's looking forward to playing with Justin Jefferson. Rather than talking about the accolades, the Super Bowl, he said, let's go get paid. Which I don't know. I'm hoping he was just overexcited on draft night, but it's smacked of a young man who's not got his priorities straight on. I think you're giving the rest of them way too much credit. I'm sure if you ask them all that, they'd all give you a very similar answer. Boy needs, really, some, boy needs really. some media training. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's a very exciting prospect coming into the league. So ADP and wide receiver 38, around round six to seven. I'd say about right. He's got some wide receiver two upside, depending on how he hits the ground running. But remember, Justin Jefferson wasn't uh, an elite target at the start of his career either. So don't worry if you draft any rookie wide receiver if they're not having those first five, six, seven games. That's where you hold on to them. So someone else doesn't snatch them off waivers, a la Ed dropping Garrett Wilson in the middle of the season last year. And I snaffled that bad boy off waivers for a keeper league. So Minnesota are... Minnesota? Minnesota <laughs> are pass heavy, so can accommodate two top wide receivers. Is this going to be the Hill-Waddle comp? Is that going to be a fair comparison this season? We shall see. Thielen leaves 107 targets open. Now, there is more of that to be spread on rather than just for Jordan Anderson. And we said pre-draft, he is good across the board, but not elite anywhere. And that's why such good compliment to Justin Jefferson. I think redraft, I think is a good flex option. Possible wide receiver two by the end of the year. Dynasty, solid pick for a long-term wide receiver two potential, I reckon. Any opinions on Mr. Addison? Obviously, his draft stock fell a little bit after the combine, didn't it? So he was touted to go very highly. Uh, and then we ran a 4.4940. You know, so not mega, mega, mega quick. The other thing about him, he's a little bit short, isn't he? Only 5'11". So we tend to like slightly bigger receivers. 
However, um, I wouldn't take your comparison. Who did you compare? Waddle and Hill. Waddle and Hill, I think I, that's what they'd be aspiring to, isn't I, it? I would say AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. Mm, yes, yeah. that's a better comparison. Um, and I think Smith is yeah. a better comparison for Addison. Really. Yeah, no, I actually don't disagree with that at all. That is a, it's definitely a fair comparison on there. <laughs> Throwing the third wheel, KJ Osborne, ADP wide receiver 71, around round 14, 15, or pretend on the depth of your rosters undrafted. I think that's about right. He will definitely see the field in those three wide receiver sets or if injuries hit. However, he's fourth in line for targets when we took it to tie 10 as well and talk about TJ Hawkinson. He did have five fancy relevant weeks in 2022 and six in 2021. He's averaged 11.8 yards per reception in the last two seasons. So he's a good receiver. It will just be a case of when he's going to give you good value from the flex spot. He should always get at least a couple of receptions is what he does with those, how useful he's going to be in the flex. Injuries hit. I still think you're then just looking at a solid flex option rather than a wide receiver too. Redraft, bench if there's you've got enough depth on there. Dynasty should definitely be rostered, but say it's when you're actually going to plug and play and get something back from him. Uh, yeah, d- decent. But as you say, you know, very, very late. I mean, what's his ADP going at the moment? So wide receiver 71 around round 14, 15. I mean, he's the best ball punter, isn't he, really? Yeah. You're not going to want to plug him into your redraft team and try and guess when he's going to get a spike week. The Vikings started to wide receive 63% of passes in 2022, which was the third highest in the league. Dalvin Cook also took 56 of those targets, 9%. Will they go to Madison or are they going to stick with the wide receiver core? There's plenty of receptions to be handed out around there. Speaking of running backs, and obviously Mr. Cook is out the door at the time of us recording this. Talk is that he is enamoured by the Jets. So we shall see if he goes there and ruins everyone's shares in <laughs> Brees Hall. But Alexander Matheson is the man waiting there now. And a player we spoke about in our running backs to watch, he was someone that you said you were going to keep a close eye on. ADP running back 21, round five. I think we were quite in agreement that's a good spot for him. Vikings interest have the third easiest running back strength of schedule based on current projections. So that could give Matheson that better crack of things than he might be hoping for. Vikings must have faith in him after that new contract. He's averaged 16.9 points per game when Cook was out and five touchdowns in those games as well. But can he handle a full workload over a whole season? Will a new running back be added later in the offseason? We're getting later and later now, so chances would suggest not. He's only averaged 3.8 yards per carry in 2022 and rushing yards per game, he was 28, which say isn't too bad, but probably the lower end of what you're looking for, drafting him at the running back 21. For me, maybe round six or seven. I don't think round five, although I do think it's a fair place for him to go. I was very happy picking up later in best ball drafts earlier in the season, though. And when it was announced that Cook was gone and out the door, the, some of the mad trades you saw from in Dynasty Leagues were absolutely ridiculous. I think some people were looking back on those and regretting them now. I don't think you'd regret a round five pick on him. I think just a bit too high for me. Yeah, now I see why I didn't get him then, because I did put in a few trades myself. <laughs> I like Madison, you know, as I said on the other show, I, I think he's been that perennial handcuff. You know, people, and then people seem reluctant to take the chance on him. I would take him at round five. I, I wouldn't, certainly wouldn't reach for him. Um, but if he fell to me and I need a running back at that time, I would definitely take Madison. Backing him up, Ty Chandler, ADP running back 73, a last round punt at best. And once again, probably usually going undrafted. That seems about right. In his only appearance last year, week 18, six attempts, 20 yards, no receptions. I expect another running back to him, Minnesota. I've already said that we are getting later and later. He doesn't strike me as someone who's going to be that solid backup that we've always seen from the Vikings, with Madsen being the backup for Cook. 
I'm not really interested um, at all in him coming in. He was a round five pick last year. He's already 25. He's not done anything yet. I don't know. I'm not expecting anything different from him. He's only got three years left in the league, hasn't he? 27, 28. Yeah, when things gone, are going, so... he certainly <laughs> won't be getting too vocal about a new contract. He's just happy to be having one as yeah. he is, I would imagine. Yeah, nothing really to add, you know. He's a non-factor in terms of fantasy. Finally, someone who I targeted loads last year. I personally think he's probably going a little bit too high this year, though. And that is TJ Hawkinson, current ADP of tight end three. So kind of middle of round four, which is probably, I don't know. I just think he's a round too soon. Because you've got Kelsey, Gap, Andrews, bigger Gap, Hawkinson, and then a bigger Gap. But... Is he wildly different? Is he going to offer a huge amount different to Pitts and Kittle that are going around or two later? Looking at Goddard, looking at Fryermuth, I don't think there is a huge enough separation there to warrant spending that high a draft pick on him, in my opinion. So last year, he was the tight end too, mainly because of the injuries to Andrews and he played every game, which is rare for a tight end these days. Was a tight end one at 10 times. Definitely looked better in Minnesota as well. I expect similar this year, around 900 yards, six touchdowns you could probably chalk up for him. Average nine targets per game from Cousins as well, which is what you really want. In above seven, you're relatively happy with his safe tight end numbers. After Hawkinson's off the board, say there are a few around there. Pitts I'm not very confident in. Kittle could give you those boom weeks. Got it for with him a little bit higher on. This is not an anti-Hawkinson take. I think the market is just inflated on him because of people waiting to who is the next Kelsey. And he's one of those names that could be in people's minds for that. Yeah, personally, I think I'm going later. I'm probably going to wait, really. If I'm not getting Andrews, I'm waiting until Waller or Schultz, probably. Or one of my favourite tight end pickups, Chigozium Okonkwo, is one of my favourite later picks as well. Yeah. You know, I like Hawkinson. Obviously, he's talented, isn't he? But as you say, he's going very, very early. Tight end, but tight end is so poor. Kittle, yes, can do it. Pitts, I'm not really interested in. But 43, as you say. But because that tight end is so poor, you yep. know, you're so needy. If you can get one of those top three, and if he does come good this year, you know, he could be a real difference maker in a league. Yeah, he could be. It, it just depends. I say. certainly see a way where I'm proven wrong. Yeah. It's just for me, that's not how I like to construct my rosters yeah. at that point. Yeah. So that concludes our deep dive into the Minnesota Vikings. A lovely 15 minutes talking about some really good fancy relevant prospects and concluding the NFC North. Who's winning the NFC North, Tom? Vikings. Yeah, I think even, yeah. even with yeah. the Packers, Spires, <laughs> you can't go for the Packers. So yeah, we shall see. But we will be back next week to move from the North to the South as we continue our deep dive shows. But Malcolm, I'm back again. But it's been a long, long record. Take me home. You have been listening to Pestle and Ed of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.